Really good. Are you dressed up as well? Very nice. I'm I'm impressed. I'm happy. I'm sorry that I kept you like 10 minutes because it must be very hot. I don't know what you're talking about, but um I'm I'm comfortable as comfortable as ever. You look like you're uh, going for a job interview. Um, so <laughs> what I think I can bring to the team is a dedication to the job and an ability to admit when I was wrong. <laughs> you never admit when you're wrong. What are you talking about? That's true. I was putting on a character. <laughs> Yeah, good acting, dude. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is why they didn't want me in good grief. <laughs> they said, we need someone who's believable. And I said, you, actually, you know what, that's fair. This outfit would not impress me as an interviewer. It, it You look like you're um, you look like you're fresh out of high school and you're going for your first job at like Woolworths, but you've overdone it because your parents have told you that you need to dress for the job that you want. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It, does it also help that I just spilled... Um, biscuit crumbs all over myself because that I realized helped. I realized I would have been drinking on an empty stomach and I thought you know what the solution to this is one Monte Carlo so I'll just quickly eat a Monte Carlo and now this gin and tonic won't do anything you know I had I did the same thing before except I had a um because I I had a what did I have this morning I had a sausage roll for breakfast uh, okay you're really um, embracing the meatitarianism now aren't you Oh yeah, I've gone off the deep end. No, but I went out. I had every intention of going out to a cafe because um, the missus is out um, of town. So I was going to go to the go to a cafe, sit down and have a, a a coffee and a and a meal. But then I drove around and everywhere was so busy. There were lines. I was like, "Fuck it, I'll just go to some place." And they just had pasties and sausage rolls. So, <laughs> and then but I no, didn't eat no no like cabinet food or anything like that. That was the cabinet food. God, okay. Yeah, and then so um, I didn't eat um, until I just had a, a tuna, fucking one of those ready-made tuna fucking shit bullshit things. I don't know what you're talking about. A ready-made tuna thing. They're like it's like a tuna salad um, in a in a can. Not in a can. Why like are you doing air... this? Why are you do, put? Why are you pinching your fingers like an inch away from each other? You know, like a ready-made tuna. Because that's no, the size of it. No one I mean, knows what this is. I realize that that doesn't help you, but that is the size. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, you you haven't even shaped it with two hands, so I don't know the width or the dimension. You've given me a, two points and a straight line, and you've said, you know, one of these that could be that could be four fish fillets stacked side by side. It could be, I don't know. One one elongated brownie, like a I like a you're tuna say brownie. Elon Musk. Then, no, thankfully not. But um, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna lose. Elon the Musk beard. is an idiot. Yeah. But maybe um, maybe you'll get a chance to interview Santa later. I don't know. Oh, okay. He's been Gosh. he's been uh, he helped me out with uh, you know a little something that uh, I don't know. Do we preface? Is that the right word? It is a word, yes. Are you are you trying to subtly foreshadow the fact that we have our Christmas carols coming up later? Yes. Okay. I was doing that. So you're just subtly mentioning the fact that Santa might be reappearing later on. Maybe. Just depends like, how, depends just so how that, like, people, if they're paying attention, now they'll sort of pick up that hint that Santa will be here later. But for like the rest of the sort of podcasting audience, they probably missed it. Yeah. So. Dude, we made it 150 episodes. I know. Congratulations to us. And fuck you to all the haters 
Okay. Uh, Some of those said, haters are listening you know, today. I invited them to come back in the spirit of sort of reconciliation, and you've immediately gone hard at them again. No, I was going to say fuck you to the haters and then come back around and thank the haters at the end. Okay, um, okay. I think that's obvious, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the people that, you know, you had them in your life, I had them in mine. We yeah. said, you guys Negative will never reach 150 episodes. And we said, yeah, well... Maybe we won't, but maybe, just maybe, we fucking will. And it will might take us, like, a really long time yeah. to do that, but we'll fucking do it. May 2014, I distinctly remember your mother said to me, Nick, thanks for coming around for dinner. It's always nice when you help uh, clean up afterwards. I appreciate that. No one else in the family does. And I said, you're welcome, Francis. Um, and she said, I do have to say... You've done two episodes now. Uh, you know, I'm very proud of you boys, but I don't think you're going to make it to 150 by the end of 2020. And I said, well, Fran, we'll just have to see. We'll have to see what happens. So I suppose, is this a period in which we should be calling out your mother for not <laughs> believing in me? Maybe I, it is. Maybe this is where the podcast goes now. I don't remember that dinner. Well, you know, maybe I'm summarizing. Also, did you just call my mum Fran? Yeah. Um, that looks very fancy. There's, there's, uh, herbs in it. Yeah. There's herbs that in drink. my GNT. It's actually fresh, uh, rosemary. I just plucked it out of the garden. So, uh, extra strong. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Pretty cool. Pretty I cool. look like bad Santa now, don't I? Now you do because now you can see the dirty mo underneath yeah, the, the white mo. beard. It's definitely a lot more like, I'm picking up some extra money on the weekend in between working as a PE teacher. So yeah. um, a guy, a guy that looks like me, you immediately think smells like booze, which I also do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. You've never looked more like an alcoholic than you do right now. Oh, nice! Is Check that a- this out, dude? Oh fuck! You've made. I don't cruises. think you've got one of these stubby holders. No, I just ordered another batch to hand out at Christmas. <laughs> so, oh, um, that's I'll, very cool. I'll drop them around to your folks, and maybe yeah. I'll have dinner with them. Okay. Well, someone surprise, better. guys! Do you, remember, do you remember last year? By the way, this is the first Christmas pod that we haven't done in the same room. I know, I know. So, oh, yeah, I'm. Yeah, we're not going to focus on the sad times. I wish I could be in Oz this Christmas. I don't think I'm going to be, um, which sucks. But instead, I get to have a special uh, one and a half hour chat with you. And we're going to reimagine what Christmas means, you know? We're going to keep this Christmas spirit alive. We're going to keep it alive. Usually, you know, in keeping with the Deep Fort Christmas tradition, around about this time, you'd be, um, you know, trying to um, shoo me off into the room because you're scared that I'm going to say something, um, you know, (laughs) um, provocative to your parents because I'm, you know, three beers in. Yeah. I'm going to miss that. uh, Yeah. After sort of 15 minutes and three beers, um, you you tend to, you know, start to feel a little bit freer in what should still be a somewhat professional environment. And But I, I, I like to move you into different rooms. with your folks. Yeah, absolutely. I feel absolutely. very comfortable with them. And yeah, I feel... too comfortable. <laughs> I feel like I can show them my true self. I and think you don't they've think seen enough of it to know that that's not what they want. I think they like it. I think okay. they like my true self. Well, that's why I push you into the living room. Just, <laughs> just in case. like it too much. Just, just in case it comes off too strong. Okay. But um, well, maybe 2021, we'll, uh, we'll be able to test it again in person. Hopefully. And Jeff, if you're listening, please.
please come and have a beer with me. I'd love to get drunk with you. Well, he is currently recuperating in... Well, he was in hospital, as we record, he's probably out, because he had a hip replacement. So I don't think he will be travelling imminently, but I'm sure that he would love to uh, go have a drink with you when he's back in Melbourne next. Oh, I'm in Melbourne. I'm in Adelaide in a couple of weeks. Well, that's probably... He's busy that day. But other, you know, we'll see, you know, what's, what's possible. Didn't say a day. What day were you thinking? Oh, yeah, that's not a good one. Yeah, sorry. Not even a real day. Got a busy one. Well, I mean, that's actually more of a reason why I can't do it then, isn't it? (sighs) I'm going to make this happen and then... I'm going to start a podcast with your dad. How about that? Alrighty. What's it called? At least he's closer. At least he didn't move away from me. (laughs) Oh, welcome to Deep Forward, everybody. Thank you for coming. 100... What, What is that face now? You said I said do the 150 thing and then do the intro. We've done a 150 already. We celebrated the 150. Do you want to do a special one? Yeah, I got an idea. Do you want to do it instead of the first 150? Yeah. Because we did a we did a we did <laughs> a thing all, at the start. This should all be in. <laughs> <laughs> just leave it all in. You want to do 150? What are you wanting just, me to do then? Just, just do. Just say yay 150 again. Okay. Are you going to say what? Yay, 150 at the same time or yeah. no? Okay. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> Yay, 150! Yay, 150! Well, we made it, Nick. We did it. There's a... 150. There's and been this a few is... times till now, and now that we've got here, 150. Copyright free celebration times, guys. I, yeah, I'm it's feeling pretty catchy. I, I like got it. the, you know, whistling's my thing. Yeah. Uh, right. To all of the heroes out there who believed in us, you've dropped your phone on the floor. <laughs> Good catch. Good catch. Thank you. Uh, we'd like to say thank you. And to all of the losers out there who said we could never do it, we'd like to say fuck off. And uh, to all of Merry those Christmas. who used to be losers but who've now come around. We'd like to say, hmm, what took you so long? And to all of those people out there who buy dogs from puppy mills, we'd like to say, that's not the most ethical way that you could do that. You could, you know, adopt one from the pound. Yeah. Those, are our, out. those are our messages. Um, that was, was that worth it for you? Um, I don't know. At least you can take your pick. I can take when we've you got, edit it. You when know. I edit it, we've got four versions of the 150 celebration, <laughs> and we can just pick which one really feels like the moment. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready for the intro now. Welcome to Deep Four. Oh, what a delight. Thank you for being here. 150 episodes, and you chose this one to tune in. Oh, that's good timing. Did say so at the top that it was 150th, so you had a bit of a hint. But great job either way. This is a podcast. We talk to each other and it makes the world the same place. Sitting through the internet with me, my friend, Michael. Ho, ho, ho. Jokes. I'm not Santa. It's not Thanks Santa. for having me, Nick. Happy, uh, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Clink. Clink. Drinking some booze on a Saturday afternoon. Across the internet, you're dressed like Santa or Father Christmas. And I'm Nick. Hi. 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 
Alrighty, well, we're going to still try and do a little bit of an actual segment and talk this show, so it's not all completely narcissistic, but it's all about us in the end, isn't it? So here's here's what I want to talk about. Um, this is an article in the Washington Post that just came out last week. It's called, No Game Days, No Bars, The Pandemic is Forcing Some Men to Realize They Need Deeper Friendships. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's quite an interesting article. You can click into the chapter title if you want. Um it's basically about the idea that men typically, or uh, stereotypically, I suppose, when they are with their friends, the way that they share time and and show their friendship is while doing other things, like watching sport, catching up, having a drink in the same room. But they're not traditionally very good at actually talking about their lives or how they're feeling. Um, so this article explains and explores the stories of a few people who've realized during this pandemic, when they're unable to go off and do, you know, go to the bar or watch the, you know, baseball game or whatever together, uh, realizing how empty some of their friendships are and trying to change it. And I just thought this would be a cute 150th uh, kind of topic. Um, Mm. So let me just read a little bit here. It took a global pandemic and a badly timed breakup for Manny Argueta to realize just how far he had grown apart from his guy friends. In the spring, the 35-year-old had left the home he shared with his former girlfriend and moved into a studio on his own and would go an entire week without saying a word. There were no more game days with the guys, no more Friday nights in DC bars, and he was starved for social interaction. Uh, Having recognized how dependent his friendships had become on those Sunday football games and nights at lounges, venting about Republicans or why the sports team fell short in the playoffs. He realized that they hardly ever talked about relationships or family or just generally how they're doing and had never met many of their family members. So on a rare night when he did actually catch up with an old friend, a mixture of vulnerability and intoxication led him to pour out his frustrations. I bet you still have no idea why her and I broke up, he said to his friend. I bet you have no idea. And the friend paused and apologized and let him talk for a while about what happened. Uh, For more than a decade, psychologists have written about the friendship crisis facing many men. A 2006 analysis published in the American Sociological Review found that while Americans in general have fewer friends outside the family than they used to, young, white, educated men have lost more friends than other groups. Male friendships are often rooted in shoulder-to-shoulder interactions like watching a football game or playing video games, while women's interactions are more face-to-face like grabbing a coffee or getting together for a glass of wine. Um, because of this, many men have probably had a harder time than women figuring out how to adapt their friendships to a pandemic that's keeping them apart. The rules for guys pursuing other guys for friendships are not clear. Guys don't want to seem too needly, needy, but the pandemic might be forcing this dynamic to change. So it's a really interesting article. I encourage you all to read it. I think that's enough of a basis to launch off of, but, uh, tell me how you typically interact with your friends tell me what your yeah you know your standard uh friendship dynamics are and do you open up with other guys very easily i have a couple of very close male friends that i do feel that i i mean you're one of them um i won't go through the others but i do feel like i have those types of relationships in my life with other males but I don't think I am personally very good at um, just sharing my feelings to anyone, really. So I think I don't 
often do it. I think probably I do it with you more than any one of my friends. Hmm. Um, but I heard, I actually watched an interesting TED Talk on this subject a couple of years ago. I think the uh, it was an anthropologist called Helen Fisher. You could look it up. And they were, she was discussing this very subject, the way that uh, men interact with other men and, and share their feelings versus women. And she was saying that, like you said in that article, men tend to face outwards and not look at each other. And mm. women tend to have that eye-to-eye contact. And she said there's an anthropological reason for that. Um, I don't know if this sounds sexist. I mean, it's anthropology, so it can't be really sexist, but men uh, have evolved to kind of look out and survey. Right. And and women have evolved to um, have, you know, more of a um, a closer An inward interaction. Focus. Yeah. So there's that. But yeah, um, I, I feel like I have some very close male friends, uh, but I don't know if I necessarily uh, prompt or uh, actively pursue those types of discussions. Mm-hmm. Uh, with other men or with anyone um do you uh yeah i th- i think i'm pretty good at that but at the same time i do feel that it's easier in a shoulder to shoulder capacity right yeah like me too. I, I way more comfortable it's i don't know what it is psychologically but the idea of doing something else and feeling the time while talking that kind of gives you that like that eases the burden somewhat at the same time i do like go and get coffees with people and I and I am happy to actually talk about how they are directly and I don't know sure. how much of that is I don't know deliberate how much of it is accidental how much is uh like learned sexuality kind of stuff and it's interesting because in this article here they talk about how the fact that this is not a from day dot kind of dynamic in men because young boys really commonly share deep secrets and intimate feelings with each other until they hit sort of adolescence, puberty, you know, uh, 15 or 16. And that's when they shut down and they they don't care anymore and they get defensive about friendships. And some of that is the whole, I'm not gay kind of um, reactionhood. They get those expectations of manhood sort of thrust on them by society. You know, men don't cry, men don't feel things, men don't care. So that's transitionary period then also sees them push that kind of closeness away from people but it's not like that from the beginning which i think is really interesting right so you think that's an external thing that's been that's making boys young adolescent boys act that way yeah well so niobe way a professor of development psychology developmental psychology interviewed hundreds of boys for her book deep secrets boy friendships and boys friendships and the crisis of connection um, and she says that the, or she argues that the lack of vulnerability in male friendships is rooted in this misogynistic homophobic culture, which can discourage emotional intimacy between men. Um, but it's also part of a culture that doesn't value adult friendship in general. So she's also arguing, uh, that the goal of adulthood is to find a partner, not a best friend. So there's, Nothing in the definition of success or maturity that includes friendships. Once you hit that age, it's all about who are you paired up with, you know, romantically at the expense Uh, of what sort of social or emotional needs also need satisfied just from platonic friendship. Yeah. I don't think in my, my family hasn't been great at teaching emotional, uh, 
vulnerability. Um, like we don't in our family, we don't talk about really anything. And my dad, uh, and this is not a blame thing at all. It's it's just observation, you know. Well, it it's just the way it happens. I mean, he's come from my dad specifically has come from um, Ukrainian immigrants. Um, and they that with that comes like a certain culture, like it, it's basically a, a byproduct of a of another era yeah. that's just been handed down. And and then when you develop, as I have, into a man, and um, when you basically, I don't know what age it is, like twenty five or something, that you basically stop growing or changing that much. Is it twenty five? Do you mean f- physically? Like no, when you emotionally, emotionally, like when you phys- you when you when you probably become an adult yeah. and you don't really change. I think it's about twenty five or something. Yeah, I'd guess so. I don't know what the science says. Yeah, but then that's just then now that's who I am, and now like I can't. I'm, I'm not saying I can't like go to therapy and be more vulnerable, but yeah, it is interesting that I am now. You know who I am in terms of not being that vulnerable um, because of you know my my grandfather's basically. Do you think that that's actually the kind of thing that you would need therapy to overcome? Is it not something you should, you could consciously be like trying to change if you wanted to? I'm not suggesting you need to, but no, I think I, I think I need to learn how to do it. I don't, I think I don't even know how, like I don't even know how to be vulnerable. Like my instinct with everything is just to make a joke. Like you, I, you, I know you have um, in the past, you have, um, you have called me up, or not called me up, like texted me and said, Let, let's have a, uh, let's go out for lunch. I want to, you know, talk about something. I think you were worried about me. Um, well, not maybe you weren't worried about me, but you, you had some concern or something about my men- mental health. Do you remember when I was talking about? Hmm, I'm not sure that I do. Maybe you weren't, maybe you weren't like concerned, but I remember going out to lunch. It's just made reaching a point of out, saying, yeah. Yeah, reaching out and going out to lunch and then the whole lunch you were uh, just asking me, questions about uh, i think you suspected something i don't know but i remember feeling like oh man this is like does not come naturally to me at all Mm. and making a joke like i can analyze it and say i know that i'm just making jokes to deflect from actually being vulnerable so i can have that conscious thought Mm. but then actually following through and trying to change is i find very difficult is it do you feel like it's an external thing? Like in that conscious thought where you're going like, oh, I don't want to say this thing. Do you think that that's because there is a fear of external judgment or do you think it's actually internal about that? It's an insecurity regardless of whether anyone was seeing or watching outside of those involved in the conversation. I think it's internal because I don't, I'm not, I don't check in with myself. I know that sounds new agey, but I, d- I don't feel like I'm, consciously thinking about my mental health Mm. you know i'm not constantly thinking you know oh i'm really down today i never think that i just am down and then i you know act passive aggressively to those around me Uh, and the same as when i'm you know in a purple patch you know you know i i don't and i'm never conscious i'm never conscious of how i'm feeling and i think that is something that I probably either learnt or something that I didn't learn how to do, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you think your experience as a gay man uh, has any impact on, on your relationships with other men? 
I mean, I, in that way. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, it has to at some level. I'm just not because sure. Because there's a sexual component there. Well, yes, just because like part of. I mean, I don't. I, I maybe this is a question I should ask you, but like, is that dynamic different with a woman? Are you able to be more vulnerable with a woman, or do you feel oppositely more of a pressure to be? you know, uh, masculine or in whatever kind of conception of uh, stoic uh, because of that dynamic? Yeah, good question. I guess I don't. I guess I don't. It doesn't have any, doesn't make any difference. Like I am vulnerable, I am semi-vulnerable with some of my guy friends, semi-vulnerable with some of my female okay. friends. I think I'm just not in general. But I do find it easier to hold, um, I maintain eye contact with women <laughs> okay yeah so uh, i asked that because it was a question of potential like sexual dynamics there um and so yeah in the context of being a gay man i don't know exactly what the answer is but i suspect that because part of that innate you know orientation involves pursuing romantic partnerships with guys the implication of a romantic partnership is a, a arguably necessary vulnerability right the ability to be open about how you're feeling or what you want with someone so perhaps that does make it a little easier for me to be vulnerable with people or here's another hypothesis perhaps because the socialization of gay men is so often you spend a lot of time and your friendship circle often involves women you have more practice and more examples of people being vulnerable because women are, are easier to, you know, or more commonly open up to each other. So perhaps just by virtue of spending time in those search, social circles, you then get a little bit more exposure and it's a little bit more accepted to, you know, reciprocate. Yeah, that's a good point. Like it's a trope, you know, the, the gay friend, you know, yeah. the girl or girls love to have a gay friend because they have like a male perspective, but the threats kind of eliminated there yeah well so perhaps that i does. guess women sorry women have a, like a, a harder time um kind of deflecting men just because of physicality or whatever deflecting um, them in what way like sexual advances or not knowing if a guy is like talking to them because they're interested in them or because sure. they want to have sex with them yeah so Oh, you mean interested in them as as a person? As a yeah, yeah, you fucking misogynist. Well, you said interested in them. That's you know euphemism for sexual interest, isn't it? Well, maybe maybe where you're from, not where I'm from. I'm a gentleman. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. Uh, just to jump back into this article for one sec. Um, research by uh, Brigham Young University. Uh, showed that a person's odds of survival increase by 50% if they have social connections with family, friends, neighbors, colleagues, that sort of thing. In 2018, the suicide rate among men was 3.7 times higher than among women. And some surveys show men are less likely than women to admit they're lonely. While other research suggests men derive more of their emotional intimacy from the women in their lives. Um, in one study, married men were more likely than married women to list their spouse as their best friend. Um, so I, I, I believe that that uh, suicide stat of 3.7 times more likely 
um, uh, more 3.7 times higher suicide rate than among women. I believe that's also conjoined with the methodology that some men use versus women. So it's not attempts necessarily, it's, it's final data. But either way, I think that suggests that there is this huge, you know, absence of closeness in a lot of guys. Um, and dragging this back to the pandemic thing, I think people are discovering when they have that stuff removed, those outlets that they had relied upon, they're, you know, there's a need for some form of change of, of, you know, having to think about friendships and connecting in newer or deeper ways as sort of a survival mechanism. Um, how did you find the pandemic thing from that perspective? We, did you feel isolated or lonely in that context? I don't know if I've ever felt lonely. That's interesting. Um, I, I was having this discussion with Emma the other day, and then I was trying to think of a time when I felt lonely, and I couldn't recall one. Um, I think I spend so much time in my in my own head, like I'm deep, I'm de- deeply in Michael world, you know, all the time. And I feel like that helped me through the pandemic. Also, I have a podcast. <laughs> yes, um, true. So that is genuinely a good outlet. And, um, and it's like, and it's with like one of my best friends. So I, I, I can, I can talk about all, all the things and let it out. And it's also a creative outlet as well. So in terms of um, feeling loneliness or anything like that, not really. But I do suspect that I bottle things up and that I push things down. Mm. And, um, for example, um, when I, uh, when my last relationship ended, I pushed for i think subconsciously for a few reasons i pushed all of my emotions during that period so far down and i knew i was doing it and i think subconsciously i was doing it to uh, i think because it was i knew it was going to be hard for her um and that i thought that if i was like you know um like stone that that would make it easier and then once her grieving had finished that i then maybe mine could but i think i shot myself in the foot there and i'm bringing this up because it's been something i've been thinking about lately because i think that i, I push things so far down that i never it, ne- i never properly grieved for that mm. and um i i never I never had that outpouring of emotion. And I think it, it kind of, I don't think I've, it's, it's, it's lost. I don't think it went nowhere. I think it went somewhere. Uh, and I think it's probably in me somewhere. And sometimes I worried that that will be, because that's a, that's a traumatic thing emotionally to go through. And I think I suspect that because I didn't grieve for that in the, in the, as I should, that I'm worried maybe that that will pop up later. But um, I think I did that a little bit during the pandemic as well. Like I kind of shoved things down. Like I'm really good at shoving things down. But yeah, I don't think it's necessarily what I should be doing. Sorry, that was a long rant. (laughs) No, 
Thank you for being vulnerable. Um, oh yeah. The, the shit. Oh shit. Um, the the thing about that though is that it, it it's interesting because you're saying it might have been harmful to have buried that a little bit, but at the same time, it is somewhat altruistic right like that was even if it was subconscious the idea of doing it to protect the other person even in a breakup like there there is like there's a rational uh maybe not rational there's like a good intent behind that right so it's like is the better outcome in that moment to have been you know more of a mess to have been more outwardly grieving and then made it harder for her i don't know you know, it's not it's not happening in a vacuum, is what I'm saying. So you shouldn't necessarily punish yourself too hard for that thing if it did help the situation in a way for the other person. Well, I mean, with that particular example, that's my guess. But the other guess that I could have is that I was actually trying to protect myself, mm. and um, and I didn't want to grieve, and I didn't want to um, go through that. So. Uh, I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, it's just like becoming, it's like making yourself numb, mm. um, which is no way to live. But I don't feel numb now. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm, you know, getting, getting better at all that stuff. Maybe. Um, so I'm just talking about myself here. No, that's, well, that's good. That's the point. Why, why do you fear that it might come out? What's, what's stopping you from feeling those feelings? And what's the downside of feeling those feelings? What do you mean? Why are you afraid that it might come out? Uh, why I'm afraid that it, that it might come out is because it didn't come out. And I feel like it just doesn't... It's not. It's something that needed to happen and didn't happen so that uh, it, it's still somewhere with, within me. Yeah, but why is it a problem if it then comes out? Oh uh, yeah. Well, because then I won't. Then I'll be like surprised or something. And then I'll be like, "Ah, oh, so I was done with that." You'll be off bowling, and then it'll be like, "Oh, oh it'll break be, up. <laughs> it'll be inconvenient. It'll, it'll be, be like annoying. having an acid flashback." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's more just. It's like a time hassle. It's like, oh, I had a meeting at two, yeah. and now I've. Oh, Got to go yeah, through these this. feelings. God, I should have just done this at the time. I yeah. <laughs> did did Siri just schedule you a meeting? Yes. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, I'm, I'm cutting all this out when you're being too vulnerable. So we could just, we'll get yeah, rid of all that. Yeah, cut all that out? <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you some questions. Sure. Um, do you feel like you have men in your life that you can be vulnerable with? And are you, I feel like you're good at it, but are, do you feel, feel like you are good at it? I do have men in my life, close friends who I can be open with. I think that there is probably a little bit of um, insert, not like reticence, but I think you do need to sometimes coax people into that place. Like it, it's not something that necessarily like if you go and grab a coffee with someone, you just launch into like deep seated feeling stuff. Um, but I, I'm fairly, 
I suppose, nuanced at that. If, if I was concerned about someone or if I wanted to talk about something myself, I'm a fairly decent conversationalist, hopefully, so I can warm into that and get there without it being too jarring or scary. Um, but I do think that there are circumstances where some people are, uh, you know, whenever you ask that first question, whatever it is, even if it's just like, so how are you doing? Sometimes you see the little sort of animalistic flash in the eyes of like fight or flight response. Like, fuck, do I like make a joke or do I actually answer this seriously? Um, yeah. So for the most part, I, 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 I think people tend to actually engage with that, at least in my circles. Um, but of course, the other thing is I've got a boyfriend. So like in a certain yeah, probably more than anyone else. You have literal intimacy, but also like emotional intimacy. And part of the deal is you have to you know, explain how you're feeling <laughs> because it's a relationship like any other relationship, right? So, yeah, well, I don't do that. Okay, well. Well, I mean, not, no, I wasn't I wasn't bragging. <laughs> I don't do that, man. <laughs> I don't do that. I'm really good at not doing that. Um, yeah. No, but yeah, Emma will tell you that I definitely don't reveal much about she never knows what i'm thinking or feeling (laughs) i think that's because i don't know well i mean yeah so whose fault is it yours or hers probably hers yeah do you think that your how do you think you how do your how does your family go about being vulnerable with each other are you quite open as a family yeah i think we are i think on an average an average of you know, upper middle class white Australian families. I think we probably are slightly more vulnerable than the the mean. Oh. I, you know, we as a group of four this year have been jumping on to group FaceTimes every Sunday, and we we chat as a group of four every Sunday since probably March when my first lockdown sort of kicked in, and that's continued. And obviously, this has been a weird year, and there's been you know perhaps more of a desire to be in contact that way. But it is just like a, how is your week? What's happening with you? What were you doing? How are you feeling? You know, that's a certain level of communication that I know not everyone does or feels comfortable doing. Um, so yeah, I think probably better than most, but at the same time, probably the most common way that my dad and I would have that kind of talk would be when we were doing something else, like going for a walk. And it's the shoulder-to-shoulder thing where we're striding through the bush or whatever it is. So it's it's not necessarily something that comes naturally in a FaceTime setting so often. But yeah, no, I think I think I, I I've our family's pretty good at it. Yeah, it's interesting because these these um, patterns that happen, behavioral patterns that we're talking about between men and women, they don't happen out of nowhere it's not like a chance like these are things that have developed like it's not just men's fault because they because it's they're men and they should just try to be better like that that's how kind of how they're programmed and that shouldn't either be uh, an excuse but it there is an element that we should understand that this that mankind has developed that way yeah, I mean, I think that the the lesson is not that men are doing something wrong. It's actually that men are realizing they want something more, right? right? So it's actually coming from within those groups, specifically in this article, it's, you know, the people who are left isolated. But um, I don't think anyone is externally saying, 
do better. Uh, maybe some people are, but you know, I think it is out of genuine concern, but also out of um, self recognition of what you're missing, right? Like, do you yeah. ever have a catch up with friends, and at the end of it, like, or halfway through, wish you were talking about something more serious? Like, do you ever have that inclination? Like, oh, it's just talking about shit. Hmm. No, I think people have that feeling with me when they leave. Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, my brother brought this up the other day, last a couple of days ago. He says he's um, he said that uh, he can never have a serious conversation with me, um, which is true. I mean, we're, he and I have gone through some things in our relationship that I feel, and this is what I said to him, so and he won't mind me saying this, um, that I felt like I, uh, I, I, there's too much, there's too much trauma there in our relationship that, that we didn't actually discuss at the time. We just kind of glossed over it and forgot about it. And so now I feel like when we do have a conversation that I need to be silly about everything because if we stopped and, and, and were serious about it for, for a second, it would be very, um, traumatic like i probably would cry because there would be all the stuff that was unsaid from you know it's all the unsaid yes it's all the unsaid stuff um that and that he that you know i feel like he avoid like he ran away from whenever um i or our family tried to bring this up so yeah i mean that's it's interesting that we're having this this talk given that i just had one of these um big and, and the irony of that was that we had that we were having a serious conversation when we were when we were actually working this shit out but mm. yeah it's the unsaid stuff for me that i don't know and it, it's an interesting question that you that you asked like why why does it matter if it comes out later i didn't haven't actually asked myself that question um, and i don't really know why why it matters but maybe well, it's- i feel like maybe it's like cancer or something that <laughs> You know, if it just sits there, it will grow and and mutate, and I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's that's why. Like, I'm scared of it mutating into to another emotion. Well, it's yeah, it's it's because it hurts, right? Like, it's still pain avoidance in a sense, right? Yes, yes. So, I, I get it from that angle. I suppose the question is, what is the cost of holding on to that pain in that little burden that you're not aware of, and if it is effectively like letting the finger out of the dam and you you get that emotion out of there then then perhaps it is freeing at the end rather yeah. than just purely painful um yeah i just had a um it's <laughs> i had a moment there because you the way you're dressed you look like a psychologist and you're being my psychologist right now <laughs> and i just and i don't I'm think like, psychologists actually wear suit and tie i think that they the opinion is that that's actually too um, too formal. It would be actually alienating to some people. So no, they wear open collared shirt and a tweed jacket usually. I mean, I've never gone to a therapist. Oh, that's a good question. Have you ever gone to a therapist? Yeah, I went to a counselor when I was having panic attacks after coming back from my oh, overseas yeah. trip, and my heart shit was all like medically. I hadn't been diagnosed with the tachycardia at that point, and 
I was having these panic attacks because something was going on and I didn't know what it was doing. And so because they thought it was potentially just panic attacks and there wasn't actually a physiological underpinning, I went to a counselor for a couple of sessions to try and get some advice and techniques on dealing with panic attacks. Um, as it turned out, there was actually a medical underpinning too. So the combination mm. of those factors was ultimately able to resolve the issue for me. Um, right. But yeah, no, I did. I did. I've, I've been and, you know, I encourage people who have feelings that they don't know how to tackle or fears that they don't know how to get through or pain that they can't quite address to go out and speak to someone. Um, because I really want to go, but I just like don't really know how to do it. And I haven't even like I could Google it, but I won't even Google it. I mean, I, in, in Australia, I believe if you just go to your GP and talk to people about something. Um, that but what do I do? Like when I go to the GP, I go, what do I say? I think it, you'd probably approach it from the angle of like, uh, I have a couple of mental health concerns. I don't know exactly what I'm feeling or how to feel about certain things. And I'm worried that it's causing some potential long-term impact. And then they'll give you a, a, a form to fill out, which has a bunch of questions. I think it's like a 20 question survey. Like, do you ever think about this? Do you ever feel that? Do you ever do what? Blah, blah, blah. And at the end they'll go, great. Here's 10 free. Um, I think it might even be 20 free depending on what the Morrison government's done now. Um, psych sessions. And so okay. you can go and go and book in. It's a bit of a rigmarole, isn't it? It is. It's, it's harder than it should be, to be honest. It sh- there should be more easier pathways. Um, uh, it's just easier to start a podcast, really. I think that's probably... <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the other message out there is fucking go to a psych. We love mental health here. Go to it. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, uh, but the other option or the additional um, thing to contemplate is just try and have that chat that you want to have with the friends, even if they're not <laughs> necessarily open to it straight away try and be serious or talk about something or ask them how they're doing. And you never know why that, where that conversation might take you. Yeah. Or do what I've done and just have friends that are way more emotionally mature than you. <laughs> Surround yourself with this people that are more emotionally now. mature. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There's ways around it, guys. There's ways around it. You don't have to be vulnerable as long as someone else near you is. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we did good here. We did good. We did good work here, Nick. Thank you. Yes, I believe so. Um, the other milestone before uh-huh. we go on to whatever else we're going on to is that we hit four hundred likes on Facebook. Four hundred likes. Yes, that's the big one. That'll do it. Now we're gonna yep. make the big bucks. Paid for an ad. You paid for an ad. Um, I paid for an ad, which got us over the line. You invited yes. some friends. I also invited some friends. I think. I think that might have done it. Uh, but, you know, it, it takes all kinds. You know what would be really funny if one day we've got money to burn, both of us, mm-hmm. we just take out a billboard or something. We'd like do yeah. something like... Yeah. Something like a couple of grand, maybe. No, no, no. No, just... Skyrider. Skyrider. Just get a plane. Just, just big letters. Sky. It probably only costs, what, like $30,000? Do you reckon that costs $30,000? I don't know. Any skywriters out there who can give us a mates rates kind of deal, Fun get in, in touch. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be a good birthday. That'd be a good fiftieth birthday present for me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Do you reckon? Do you reckon we'll still be doing the pod when we're fifty? No, you won't make it to fifty. Probably not. Do you think that's how will this podcast will end? Like I'll just die. <laughs> <laughs> how was the one hundred fiftieth episode? It was pretty good. Like quite serious. Michael said he was going to die. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I enjoyed it. That's. I mean, that's that's the best way for this podcast to end. <laughs> that's not the best you way think for this to end. No, I mean in terms of like for the podcast, because what are the other options? We just fizzle out. We mm-hmm. both just get too busy. Or um, triumphant finale on our own terms. Wait, are you thinking about ending the pod? No, I'm just saying, like, of the options, right? Hopefully there's one which isn't death of a podcaster. True. I'm not saying I'm going to. You said I was going to die, by the way. Yeah, you agreed. Yeah, well, I'm obviously going to die before you. <laughs> but I, you know, maybe I shouldn't say this. But if this podcast ended, I would really be upset. <laughs> I think I would cry. See, that's vulnerability. I respect that. Um, all right, let's let's lighten the mood a bit with some segments. Eh? Let's let's start writing this one into Christmas time. Do you want to? What have you got? Uh, science news. Okay, Nick, are you ready for some science news? <laughs> That cursed time. Seance news. Satanist. Lucifer. Ouija board. Blood of the innocent. Blood of the innocent. That was really good. That was crazy. Thank you. That was I'm, I'm feeling it. Um, that wasn't really scary. It was more of a standard. No, like, but it was like it was scary in the way Halloween is scary. You know, it was like it was given the atmosphere of spookiness without fun. Actual fun, fear. scary. Yeah, fun, scary. Yeah, oh, love it. All right, so we haven't had a seance news in a while. Yeah, I made you make that jingle for for it, and it, it hasn't. Hours, uh, yep. it hasn't took really hours. Paid hasn't off gotten yet. used. Yep. Um, I thought it was going to get used mm-hmm. a lot. Turns out um, Supernatural news doesn't really exist, so Uh it's very hard to make this a proper segment. (laughs) That was Um, one of the main problems. uh, It's really hard to find because if you Google, like, Supernatural news, it just comes up with, like, news about that TV show. (laughs) So it's kind of annoying. But anyway, I found one. Awesome. I found a very scary... Very scary... Seance news, guys. Gather round. Gather round. Gather round. Headline. Cursed town, so evil, locals won't even... Wait, this is the wrong one. Okay, cool. Everyone put, step back just a little bit, and no. then in a moment we'll have you gather around again. No, because this is how professional I am. I had two, and oh. I was going to decide. Okay, cool. Right. New headline. Everyone, <laughs> gather around. Everyone, <laughs> regather. Again. Regather. Come back. Come back. <laughs> Everyone, get close. Come back. I've got it. i got it. i got the link. Ghost hunters Ooh. probing potty mouth ghoul at site of historical murder. What? what? Potty mouth ghoul. All right. Ghost hunters are probing reports of a potty mouth ghoul swearing at tourists at a beauty spot. The angry apparition is said to be a woman in white Ooh. who tells people to fuck off <laughs> in an area known as Dead Woman's Ditch. Christine Ooh. and Dave Thomas investigating the site. 
named after the murder of Jane Walford by her husband John in 1789. Uh, wait, I read that with the completely the wrong inflection. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's in Somerset. It's in England. That's what that was saying. Okay, that's, that's the takeaway. The couple say they uh, the couple say they picked up on a voice which told them to fuck off. They also t- they also claim to have encountered a murderer from 1798. Dave said one of the ghost hunters. I'll do the voice that okay, I think yeah, it sounds like. Okay. Um, my wife has experienced it for a long time. There's residual memories being replayed. Then there are voices you can interact with. Some can be quite nasty, quite evil. Not everybody is aware of ghosts, you know. Not everybody is aware of ghosts. <laughs> you know, some people don't even believe in ghosts. There was a little bit um, Garth Marenghi there. I was, I, oh, was, thank you. I was really feeling it. Thank you. Um, It's in Somerset, so I imagine it's like rural England. That's how they sound. So, uh, yeah, locals claim to have uh, locals claim to have had things thrown at them by this ghost. Um, Cameron Kelly wrote, "When you, I'll do. I can't be bothered doing another voice. When you walk across (laughs) a car park." And po- you've half-assed uh, and a- it. You've half-assed oh. this. You got halfway through, and you're like, you know what? Two voices. That's fine. Enough. I'll fucking do it. I'll fuck- Cameron Kelly. I think she's a, a woman. When you walk across a car park and the post-it <laughs> notepad falls out the sky, with no one or buildings near it, uh, as in the middle of the car park. A few days later, in the same place, <laughs> both myself and the friend were whispering in our ears. In our, we're whispering in our ears the words "hello." Another time I was walking along the canal and I I saw an old man walking towards me with a dog. It was a winter's evening, so so dark. The man got near me and and looking down towards the ground wearing a cap, he mumbled hello and I said hello back. After about 20-30 seconds, I looked back and saw no man there. I'd walk that way and knew that there was nowhere he could go along the canal. (laughs) Did you say canal? I'm saying cannel. And there were no splashes of anyone falling into water. Anyway, that's weirdly where the oh, went. I but. am so glad that you did that voice. That really, that was made it, good. it for me. Oh, I loved you. it. I was there anyway. for it. I was along for the ride. Um, so, yeah, if you, if you, if we have any Somerset listeners out there. Um, apparently Somerset! <laughs> Somerset represent. <laughs> um, if you're walking around along the um, ca- canal, canal, yeah, canal, uh, look out for a, a ghost that that might be swearing at you and and throwing a post-it pads down <laughs> See, that's from the, the sky. Thing. At you. you know, is that your choice? If you're a ghost, right? You're you're uh, by canal. It sounds actually quite picturesque. A cute little English vid- village. You've got water flowing by. You know, you're undead. You've been dead for, you know, 300 years or something, 250 years. Uh, I think you need to let it go, buddy. Why are you throwing post-its at someone? Sit down and enjoy the view. You know, you don't need to be rude about it. That's the thing about ghosts. I mean, they... What... I, I just don't know what people think that these ghosts, like, are doing. Like, I get that they're... They think it's, like, the spirit of... But, like, they... People who believe in ghosts also think that these ghosts are interacting. Like, why would they do that? Yeah. Like, why why is it only why like do a... they? Why do they only hint? Like, if you're a ghost, why do they have to like drop something or knock a th- something off a table? Why can't they just be like, "Hi, um, I'm 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 dead. I'm I'm in, you know, purgatory. Uh, can you help me? 
Also, what are they going to do to help you? Pray for me. That's what it is, isn't it? It's They're always like, oh, prayer. Can you say a prayer for me, please? Yeah. Say a prayer for me, and then I'll go to heaven. And then if you say, like, the magic riddle, God's like, okay. But, like, surely the ghost wanting, just wanting to not be in purgatory is enough for them not to be in purgatory in, in God's eyes. Yeah. I mean, that's actually a very good point. It, seem, it really makes God out to be a little bit of a prick in this context. Why yeah. being so, like, stingy? Heaven is infinite, you know? Like, why, exactly. if this guy's, like, really a little bit unhappy here, why are you forcing him to hang around by a bloody canal when he could just go up and, you know, hang out with some angels? Go, go ride a unicorn. Totally. There was a time in my life where I did definitely believed in ghosts yeah by the way and i thought i saw one i thought i saw a man walk past my window and you did um, it was just a a man you know when i stopped believing in ghosts properly was when i first saw your first alien when i first saw when i was first abducted by aliens (laughs) i knew and they they told me were not real (laughs) and they i said my first question was hey guys hey hey do you speak english and they were like (laughs) And I was like, I just okay. knew that they know they they knew English. Yeah. And then I said, first question, what what's going on at Area Fifty One? Wait, that's what probably is already ghosts? answered. Yeah. Second question, are there ghosts? And they went, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. but but in my head, they you understood to me telepathically. Yeah, no, yeah. Mate, ghosts are silly. Don't be silly. No such thing as ghosts. Focus on the main threat here. We got you. We're yeah. taking you away. You know, this is happening now. Stop, like, daydreaming. It's a little bit insulting. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> We're right here. Uh, um, I do believe in aliens, though. I'm just going to put that on the record. Yeah, that's been on the record for a while, though. <laughs> I just want it again. <laughs> just that we've, we've got item one on the agenda. Uh, Michael believes in aliens. Item two, uh, got some financing questions that uh, we need to address. And item three here, it says, Michael believes in aliens. Oh, yeah, I just wanted to make sure it was there. <laughs> yeah, no, we know. We remember. We've yeah. heard. We've heard you bring this up before, Michael. But you know, this council has other issues to address. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> There's the uh, the cracked pavements on uh, Blenheim Road. Absolutely. And then it says item five. Uh, I believe in ghosts. Was that you again, Michael? It's a declaration. <laughs> I just want everyone to know. A- Speaking of aliens, have you have you heard about this um this monument that's going? Oh, you know, fucking. It's so Pissed stupid, man. You know why it's so stupid? This, so there's this monument, monument that's been showing up in Utah and then somewhere else and then it disappeared. The thing that I fucking hate about this story is initially I was like, oh, yeah, like because I'm a sucker. But then I saw some guy talking about it and he was like, yeah, if you go up close to it, you can just see like the divots and stuff like like there are there are man-made like screws in there. And Yet the media is still still going. Yeah, it's a marketing thing. Like, but why? If it's like a publicity stunt, the media is still pitching it like mysterious object. Like they want. It's obviously clickbait. clickbait. I shouldn't be getting so angry about this, but it is annoying because I did get sucked in, and then when the guy said there's screws in it, I was like, well, I feel like an idiot, don't I? (sighs) Yeah, I mean, uh, you'd hope. I mean, it's weird though because like legit, what's Six months ago, something like that, Trump declassified shit about aliens and like everyone completely just like there was more important fish to fry and it just kind of disappeared into the past. But like legit, there was actual like totally unclassified documents about the, you know, armed forces interactions with unknown 
craft yeah. and that sort of thing. And it's just like, okay, guys, it's 2020. I just don't have the time for this. So if we just, totally. let's just move on. <laughs> and now it's that- like, oh, monolith, mountain juice got a new flavor coming soon. Let's follow <laughs> this thing as it reappears around the world. Yeah. By the way, that's how you know, like, we haven't made contact with aliens. Because if we had, and the US government was involved, Trump would have definitely leaked it. Definitely talked about it. Yeah. And Ugh. maybe he, maybe, maybe he's real in the last few months. Maybe that'll be part <laughs> yes. of the burn the house down. Yeah. All right. What do we got? What do we got, got Fatty? Okay. I got one back for you. Um, you brought a seance news. Let's keep the weird going with some weird news. In the news today from the Strange and Weird Fact File. Well, for decades, only crackpots and crazy people believed in UFOs. Deputies do say the suspect told them he's been performing sex acts on animals since the 1970s. I told about my close encounter with the Yeti. A sticky situation at an airport in Tennessee after baggage was Turns out, the government has been taken seriously. This is Deep Thought Weird News with Nick Shadow. Yeah, that's that's your jing. That's your jing. I love that one. You're doing more weird. You're taking over weird news. I'm not. I just, I, well, actually what I said to you when I led up to this is I found a really good weird news. Do you want to bring a science news? All right. And you didn't bring the serious one. I was willing to trade one for one this episode, but you just brought a science news, which I appreciate. I'm very happy that we went there. What part, what part of a potty mouth ghoul was not serious to you? Yeah. No, I, I should, I retract She's my statement. telling people to fuck off, mate. Like, anyway. Um, no, I think it's good that we uh, have fluidity and we can do each other's segments, even though yes. there's no each other's segments, but there is. Perfect. Here we go. Weird news. You ready? New York Post, the best source for weird news. Here's the headline. Kazakhstani bodybuilder marries sex doll after whirlwind romance. Very <laughs> <Well>, nice. <laughs> so lots of things to enjoy here. Um, proving that love is blind and sometimes kooky. A bodybuilder from Kazakhstan has tied the knot with his dearly beloved, a sex doll he dated for eight months before proposing a year ago. Clad in a black tux and bow tie, you really, you really, I can't say that. You really, Yuri, why is it hard for me to say Could you erase this, dog? Yuri, Yuri Tolochko is seen planting a gentle kiss on Margot who appears a bit stiff in her revealing white ground as she clutches a bouquet of flowers and stares into the distance. I, I think like that's a, a little stiff bit... as well. Yes. Um, bonus, the couple share their romantic first dance in front of dozens of guests who attend the traditional ceremony shared on Instagram. It's happened to be continued, the actor and bodybuilder wrote after slipping a f- ring onto his bride's finger. The unconventional... Uh, uh, the unconventional couple got engaged in December 2019 when the bald, blue-eyed hunk, who describes himself as a sexy maniac, popped the question. Images shared on social media illustrate the couple's romantic lifestyle, including sunny vacations and bubble baths, captioned with hashtags that include ideal relationship, hashtag true love, and hashtag, ha- hashtag happy wife, happy life. <laughs> These are... I'm going to just pop this one into the chat so that everyone can have a look it is very fun i mean look i'm not here to is she hot i'm not here to yuck guys yums you know if this is your thing go nuts um she's really cute you know they've you know they're i think they're a good fit for each other he's not really my type she's you know well he's done well he's done well he's batting there he's he's yeah he's Definitely doing well. Um, 
Tolochko, who identifies as pansexual, told the Daily Star that our story turns me on much more than sex itself. Um, so, what is, what is pansexual? Pansexual is attracted to everything. <laughs> okay. So shit. <laughs> Either way, I'm excited for the happy couple. I uh, I wish them all the best. Um, you can check them out on Instagram. Um, all these cute pics of uh, you know the bodybuilder slash married man. You know, it'd be really funny if they got divorced. I think you know it's it's possible. Fifty <laughs> percent of marriages end in divorce. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, bit of weird news. Yeah, great stuff. All right. I feel like we know where this is going. I think, I think this is do. the time. This is this the is, moment. This is the moment everyone has for. been waiting for. Okay. I am so I excited. I have time I for have the Christmas spent, carols. I have spent so a ridiculous amount of hours wasting my time on this uh-huh. song. I have. Um, I started writing this song on December twenty seventh last year. Are you fucking serious? I had, I had, well, actually, it must have been, it must have been sooner because it was uh, immediately, it was like the day or two after the last reveal of the last podcast. I have had a note in my phone since that point. So you had an idea? I had the idea and I was starting to write lyrics, yeah. Oh my God, that makes me so happy. Yeah. Also, I am so glad, I remember I sent you a message saying, like in September or August that I'd started to work on it. Yeah. And I thought, I mean, it's too soon to be doing that. I am so glad that I did because this date crept up on us yeah. so quickly. Yeah. And if I hadn't like put the groundwork in then, I would have yeah. been fucked. Yeah. And last year I was moving house. I didn't have like a proper setup musically here. And I had to like... Uh, had to make something up in like three days. So yeah. this this year, I've taken my time. Yeah. Um, and it's a thoughtful. It's more of a thought out kind of oh. the experience that we're about to go on. Well, after that introduction, I think you should kick us off and go first. All right. So for my Christmas song this year, I wanted to. I wanted to. I wanted to write a song for the boys and girls who feel like they were too naughty. There's a lot of focus every year for children that, uh, you know, Santa Claus, you know, uh, Santa Claus is watching you when you're sleeping yeah. or whatever. You yeah. better be, you better be, you better be good. good. You better not be naughty. Yeah. And that when I, I, I was a very naughty kid when I was young. Still are. Still am. Um, so I wanted to write a song for those for those children and just to let them know that, you know, being naughty isn't, isn't such a bad thing. It's a, it's, it can actually work in your favor sometimes. Mm. So this is, this is for all those kids. I'm just finding it a little bit distracted. I didn't really listen to any of that. Um, you've put a guy with like an eight pack, um, as the album art here and it's just, uh, yeah, just staring at that. So I hope that whatever you said was important. Um, but didn't listen. That's a, that's not me by the way. That's not you. Oh, that's no. a relief. I had with weird mixed feelings then, and I didn't know how to process them. But that's that's actually quite a relief now. <laughs> um, All right. So this this is a uh, this is a song that I wrote called "Naughty Little Christmas." I hope you enjoy. 
value wow that's that's I went, that's i went for epic i went for yeah. uh i went for sorry it's hard to talk with this beard um yeah i was thinking <laughs> live aid that was my inspiration um <sighs> so thank you to bob Geldof for the for all the inspiration yeah um i gotta give a shout out to emma 
Emma. Yeah, I heard it. Who, who killed it. She, um, we got pretty drunk one night and I asked her to be involved and she's, she's quite shy, but she, uh, she did some vocals. She did a little uh, spoken word thing, you know, you heard them there. But yeah, she did. She she was part of the choir, and she had the last uh, "Merry Christmas," which yeah. was like angelic. She killed Beautiful. it. Beautiful, so yeah. Shout out to Emma, and she also helped me write the last verse there. So yeah, lovely, yeah. lovely performance by Emma. Um, no fears necessary. Obviously, naturally talented. Um, wonderful work. Oh my gosh, I just genuinely was absorbed in the moment. I was loving the vibes. I was really feeling the mood. There was like thunderstorm crackling out my window, oh, flash cool. of lightning, just really yeah, 100% satisfying, delightful, right in the mood. I'm glad that you went sincere this time instead of, you know, I guess phoning it in as I'd worried about. And, you know, 100% <laughs> 10 out of 10. Well done. Yeah, I think it was like having having like a serious, I mean, it's uh, it was slightly funny, I guess, but having a, a genuine sentiment. Yeah, there, no, it's beautiful. You know, I think it really helps. Really. I'm um, glad you liked it. Yeah, I was all right. genuinely tickled. Uh, all right, you got to stick this right up my uh Okay, right don't, my, nope, my don't, say, don't say that thing. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, okay, uh... I'm, well, I'm a little bit nervous now, to be honest, because you've done sincerity very well. I should have um, done last. Uh, so I've also gone quite sincere. Um, maybe it's a little bit similar to last year. I don't know. Uh, you know, you know my influences, but I just wanted to like have a nice sort of. <sighs> it was a carol, you know, in my eyes. I wanted to write a carol, and that's my that's my zone. Maybe it's a bit repetitive, but that's what I wrote again. And, you know, it's it's pastoral in, in terms of, uh, you know, describing nature. And um, it's it's just, you know, a love letter, I suppose, to someone to celebrate, I guess. Okay. I okay. cannot wait. You know what the great thing about this, Nick, is? I had this idea the other day that we, in like three years' time, will have an album. <laughs> It's kind of true. It's kind yeah, of true. Yeah, we'll, we'll just, you know, once we've got 10 tracks, we'll just put out a Christmas album. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think that's obviously it. All we need to do is five more years of the podcast and then we'll be set for our Christmas album. Oh, yeah. Shit. It's quite well, isn't it? We'll get it printed on vinyl and everything. Yeah. So uh, this is my entry in the Christmas canon. It's called The Bud uh, by Nick Shadle. And um, yeah, I hope you like it. Struggling to grow A little shoot Pushing through the snow A wriggling <laughs> Motherfucker! Who are you? Santa? Ho, ho, ho! Why, yes, it's me, Nick. Santa Claus. Really? It's just what? not what I thought you'd sound like. Fuck off! I'm here because you've been a very naughty boy. Every time, it's the same Sufjan bullshit. <laughs> We're sick of it. Oh, well, his his latest album is actually quite different. To- <laughs> no, no, nobody cares. 
Okay, that's quite rude. That's the reason I'm here. There's only one boy more deserving of coal this Christmas, and it's your friend, Michael. What? Sorry, Wait. where's this going? It's my song now, boy, and it's a very special time of year. Oh, God. A time of list-making and reckoning that I like to call Dismas. Oh, okay. yeah, okay. Um, well, I'll just... I'll stand here then, hey. I guess. Hey. Hey, my name is Father Fucking Christmas and I'm here to slay I'm gonna burn you down in a seasonal way I'm not afraid of being hurtful cause I know you're key You'll pop a boner like the owner of your EMT I know you like to pretend you're not that vainer guy But you made out with a mirror and nearly lost an eye And when it comes to your dad, you have some jealousy Cause of his favourite kids, you're not in his top three Everyone around you pities your pretty girlfriend Emma You're in a city girl, come on, you could do so much better Couple bucks for Tinder, find a fella Write Mike a letter, thanks for the memories You better please back your shit and get out Okay, well, yeah, I think that that's probably enough, isn't it? We've got the point across, you know, we've, we've had a bit of fun But that was getting a bit personal uh, So, probably call it there, I'd say uh, See you next year, I guess <laughs> oh, you won't like the next section. Next section? Yes. The triplets. Triplets? Triplets! My business at Christmas is this isn't rhythms. I'm spitting out words like the Texas to prison. Don't piss in my pocket and call me a hero. I know you took off at the mirror, you widow. The lump on your back, you should really get checked. The fast smelling breath, the hair of a muppet, the hole in your teeth, the diet of meat. A body a lot like a sex abuse puppet. Career in the toilet, commitment avoided. The burgeoning fear that no matter your choice of employment, instead of feeling enjoyment, the voice in your head will still be disappointed. I know every one of your worst insecurities. Broken obscurity, racial impurity, rank of maturity, lack of humility, fear of stupidity. No, 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 no. no. Enough acidity. Enough acidity. Enough acidity. A tiny bud. Struggling to grow A little shoot Pushing through the snow A wriggling worm Cowering in fright A shrinking violet Wilting in the light Everybody! A tiny bud Struggling to grow Little shoot pushing through the snow A wriggling worm cowering in fright A shrinking violet wilting in the light Oh, 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 oh I I literally was banging my head so much that I banged the microphone onto mute. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Um, no, what I said was that I I I'm like, I was so blown away by that 
that I don't even like. I'm a little bit speechless. Like I <laughs> that that it was so. First of all, lots to unpack there. <laughs> first of all, so unexpected uh, in so many ways. Your rapping, your flow was so good and it was so like thought out uh so i'm not doing a great job i'm li- i'm literally like kind of dumbstruck by that because uh, it was going you did you were going in when when you first went into you know the first 20 seconds or 30 seconds i was like okay nick's gone for the same vibe again and that's fine but then I thought I had pressed play on something else on some YouTube thing <laughs> when you had the like, bow, bow, bow. Uh, man, that that was so unbelievable. And then the payoff at the end, the last minute, <laughs> the resolution. It was like it was kind of it's kind of like a I don't want to say a, a tough listen, but it was like it was kind of jarring. You know, it was meant to be that. It was meant to be like yeah, uneasy. You know, and kind of grimy and gangster, which it was, man. You, I didn't know how, I didn't realize how gangster you actually were. You just <laughs> been talking, sitting in a shirt and friends tie. Friends for yeah. 10 years, and you've just been an undercover gangster, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then the payoff at the end with the resolution with the chords. Mwah! Beautiful. It was like, a, it was like, a, it was like the sun. It was like the clouds parting and the sun shining through. And oh my God, that was incredible thank you thank that you so much so good and thank you to all your friends and family who jumped in to help thank you to dan thank you to casper and to katie who came in last minute thank you to emma your lovely girlfriend who sang along about your um penile flaccidity ah amazing to have everyone jump on board for the chorus at the end uh delightful that what? so many people were willing to insult you in song wait so. wait, wait back up Mm-hmm. Hold up! What? Mm-hmm. You know the chorus Wait, at the t- end where every, where it's like everybody. Yeah, that was a lot of your friends and family. So um, thank you to all of them. Is that a joke? No, that's hundred percent true. The, sorry, the fake beard's coming. The off fake now, beard's mate. off now. Yeah. Is that a joke? No, it's not a joke. Yeah, they sent you recordings of themselves singing. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Who? Emma, Dan, Casper. What? Yeah. Okay. First of all. First of all, uh-huh. let me start with Casper. Uh huh. I asked him for a fucking guitar solo, which I still haven't received, and yet he's probably too busy because he's sending you fucking vocal stems. I locked him in on December 27 last year. Did you actually? 100% true. <laughs> <laughs> if Casper's going to rap in your song and blow everyone away last year, I'm going to lock that shit down this year. That is so funny. <laughs> is that true? It's 100% true, yeah. So basically, the day after we did our, our Christmas song, yep. and Casper rapped on my song, you said, uh-huh. "Fuck that, yep, fuck Casper, that." What's up? Yeah, hundred percent. That is <laughs> maybe the best thing ever this year. That's so funny. <laughs> so funny, I can't even force a laugh. <laughs> Holy shit! So they all sent you recordings, yeah, because presumably because because um, I said that I. I said earlier, like a few months ago, that I was enlisting some help myself. I'd already and, had which it I didn't mind. actually end up doing. I yeah, got it, Emma. 
Yeah. And she did a lovely job on your track, but then she, to be honest, she felt a little bit conflicted. She said, "Oh, oh. I've already, I've already, um, I've done something for Mike, so I don't know if that's a problem." So she, she's on both songs. Yeah, she's on both songs. Wow. Yeah. She's she's lucky that um, she's lucky that she's in Sydney right now. Oh, very lucky. That wasn't a threat. Uh, yeah, that's, that's 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 again. We'll delete that bit. Um, uh, wow, that was so impressive and so surprising. Also, your setup. Your verbal setup <laughs> was part of it, wasn't it? Of course, bastard. yeah. I have been saying, ah. if you go back and you, you listen to the last four episodes, I have been giving you shit about, I don't want any more rap nonsense in your Christmas carols this year. I've been playing the long game on this for quite a long time, uh, just to make sure that you didn't see it coming. Well, I really fucking didn't see it coming. Um, I am looking forward to listening to that back. Yeah, there's actually there's a high insult per minute count in there, so you're going to have to go back and really feel the pain of each one of them. Um, Honestly, I don't think I even registered one. Yeah, I'm sure there's yeah. So yeah, it's all good. Um, Well, I'm looking forward to that. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you again for a wonderful year. Thank you for 150 episodes. Well done, and thank you for your constant support and merchandising of this product. Um, thank you all to everyone who's listened across this period. It's coming up on seven years now. Fucking hell. Um, and we love each and every one of you and hope that you have a wonderful Christmas season ahead, whether it's with family or apart from them. I hope that it brings you joy and happiness and peace and that 2021 has much more exciting things to look forward to. Um, if you want to follow us and listen to other episodes, you know where to do it. Join the community on Facebook. Join us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Get little clips of the movies and podcasts and see um, what we're all talking about and focused on. Rate us on iTunes. And most importantly, head to SoundCloud and just listen to these Christmas carols. Get into this spirit. Um, so uh, thank you all again. Do you have anything you want to say, Mark? Uh, I'll just say ditto because that's easy. Um, mm. Ditto, but yeah. Um, thank you, Nick, for 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 um, ha- first of all for having the the idea to do this podcast in the first place. Um, I still remember you sent the New Year's Day message that you sent. You sent me a message saying, "All right, we've been talking about doing a podcast for ages. Fuck it, we're doing it. We're doing it." Um, and then uh, th- now this is like one of the 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 my favorite things in my life um, and it's such a great outlet and i love talking to you and talking about interesting shit and trying to make each other in love and uh i love you i love you love you too and i love the uh i love all all of our three listeners don't write them off we have at least four <laughs> um yeah merry christmas everyone merry christmas <laughs>